This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hi there, it's me, Laura Wasser, the divorce attorney and the founder of It's Over Easy, the online divorce service. I've been practicing family law for over 20 years, and I've worked on thousands of divorces, shepherding people through what may be one of the most terrifying times in their lives. Along the way, I often have to remind people to lower their expectations. When dealing with matters of the heart, rules simply don't apply, because all's fair in love and war. So welcome to the All's Fair podcast. Fasten your seatbelts, and let's go. Hello, all. It's Laura Wasser. And Johnny Rains from It's Over Easy. And in case somehow you don't know what It's Over Easy is. It's not just a way to make eggs. No, first and foremost, it's the only online divorce site that encourages spouses to work together every step of the way. It's Over Easy is also a cool community of people from a variety of backgrounds, all with the common goal of making their next chapters their best chapters. Even though divorce is the end of one part of a relationship, and it's sad, the legal part of it shouldn't be as difficult as it is. And I'm determined to show people that there is another way that doesn't destroy their families or decimate their finances. If you're on the precipice of divorce, treat it like a business decision and you'll fare better than most. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be doing therapy and other things to help yourself through this time, but I think the actual legal implications of getting divorced often get too mixed up with emotions. Isn't it better to save your money for your kids and yourselves or for practically anything other than paying attorneys? I always tell clients, the more you argue, the more money I make. And you know your kids better than anyone else, and you know your finances better than anyone else, and if you don't, you will. You certainly care about them more than anyone else. So if you and your ex can keep your emotions in check, you will save a fortune, not only in dollars, but in toxic energy. And who needs toxic energy? Um, and speaking of toxic, in response to the economic hardships brought on by the coronavirus, It's Over Easy has reduced the price of the divorce service to $950 plus filing fees. And we know that even with the reduced price, the emotional component of divorce is never really over easy. But I can tell you that the legal process of dissolving a marriage need not be as costly or as tedious. So we're trying to give you guys a bit of a break. So in the news today, 
Fathers for Justice launches some bizarre ditch the witch campaign outside Johnny Depp's court case in England. Right. So he, I guess this is from the independent Emily Goddard. I, this was an interesting article for a, a multitude of reasons. <laughs> One, they have this big billboard in front of where he's has a lawsuit against a British newspaper because they called him a wife beater. And so they've got Amber Heard. Right? right. They've got Amber Heard there testifying and she's a witness for the newspaper because she's basically saying he was a wife beater. And it's pretty funny. One of the quotes in this article says that Amber Heard is the best advert for divorce in the world, which is, I think is funny. But the other thing, as it goes into the article and what this organization does, divorce for number four men and fathers for number four justice, um, they're really opposed to bringing no fault into the UK reasons. There's five reasons now, you know, to say that you're getting divorced and no fault being one of them. They say it's sexist and good for the attorneys and women but not for dads and kids. And I don't understand that because I would imagine, like we have in almost every state now in the U.S., no fault is good for anybody that's being accused of doing something wrong because you don't have to pay attorneys to prove whether you've had an affair or whether you've done this. It's just there is no fault. Let's move forward. So I I would like to dig deeper on that at some point, but maybe not today. Well, the law is expected to actually become law in autumn 2021, so there's still time. Yeah, and probably Johnny and Amber will still be arguing. Dep, that is, not Reigns. <laughs> right, not Reigns. Dep. <laughs> well, I wonder if Amber Heard, by the way, kept her wedding dress. Just <laughs> as, as an aside. Because of the Smart Mommy article uh, by Katie Bingham Smith, I'm divorced, but I'm keeping my wedding dress. Yes, that's yes. why. That kind of reminds <laughs> me of our friends at thedivorcedress.com. Yes, absolutely. This is a great article. I loved reading it. It's super sweet. And bottom line is this one woman had such a great experience finding her wedding dress, thinking about her wedding dress, going with her mother to buy her wedding dress. And though the marriage didn't last, she kept the dress and now she still has great memories attached to it. That's nice. It is nice to see what people do with their dresses or their rings. We've seen the woman who shot at it from a, you know, target practice and one yes, woman in Texas. blew it up <laughs> and this one is keeping it. So you, you never know. I mean, looking back on a marriage that ended should be about remembering the good times and what brought you guys together in the first place, particularly if you have kids. For many divorces, thinking about their past with an ex is not so pleasant, and this may be especially true if there are extenuating circumstances, including mental illness. One listener slid into my DMs the other day and asked me, how do I move on to my next chapter when my ex is a narcissist and we are trying to co-parent? And there were a few things I wanted to say to her, but to help me answer this, we've called in the experts on narcissism online. My first guest is a psychologist and professor of psychology at Cal State LA who writes extensively and teaches on the subject of narcissism and managing relationships. Her work has been featured at South by Southwest, TEDx, and on a wide range of media platforms, including Red Table Talk. And she's a featured expert on the digital media mental health platform MedCircle and on her own YouTube channel. Welcome to All's Fair, my friend, Dr. Amani Dervasila. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. Thank you for having me. It's so good to see you. It's very good to be seen. Tell us a little bit, because I know in my practice and also on all of the It's Over Easy platforms, it seems like narcissist has become the word du jour. I remember 10 years ago, it was psychopath. And then mm-hmm. um, five years ago, it was bipolar. People would come in and they would have diagnoses for their exes. And now it's narcissist. And I'm not making light of it, but I do remember in one of your articles, you said it's probably not a great idea to not 
throw narcissism around when you're talking about your divorce process and in the courtroom and friends and family. So why is this word so tricky? Why has it become such a hot button in family law and relationships? It's tricky for a lot of reasons, Laura. One tricky bit is that people view it as a diagnostic term, right? So if I call someone a narcissist, immediately people say, oh, yeah, you shouldn't diagnose someone you haven't met. And they'll certainly say that to a layperson who's coming into your office, who's talking about divorcing someone. Immediately, it's going to be, don't use a diagnostic term. Frankly, it's not a diagnostic term. Imagine you were out to dinner or once upon a time out to dinner on a Zoom call or something like that with friends and you see one of them looks kind of down and is, is sort of seeming tearful. And you might say, gosh, Mary seems a little depressed. No one would call you out on saying that was a diagnostic term. So I say the same thing about narcissism. Now, narcissistic personality disorders are diagnosis, but that's a whole separate issue. Calling someone narcissistic is like saying they're stubborn or they're friendly or frankly, that they're depressed. Oh. And so that's where it's gotten tricky. So let's start there. Number one, it's not a diagnostic term. Number two, most people are not using it the right way. Got it. So when we really talk about what narcissism is, people sort of have this kind of vision in their head that this is somebody who is that the the grandstander, the, the, the person who is sort of larger than life and who is, look at me, I'm so great. Look at my Instagram. It's a lot more complex and nuanced than that. We're talking about people who are um, who are very insecure at the core, which is why they do all this right. grandstanding. They're very arrogant. They're very validation seeking, but they're also very vindictive. They're very manipulative. They can be very exploitative. They can often put themselves in the role as a victim. And so in a divorce, you're literally boiling down the very worst elements of narcissism, the vulnerability, the insecurity, the obsession with money, the vindictiveness, and it's all going to pop out then. So it's important people understand this isn't just somebody who likes to look in the mirror. It takes in a lot more territory than that. So those are some of the reasons. But the final reason is, let's face it, you know this better than I do, Laura, which is that Family court judges and even attorneys take umbrage at a person marching in and saying they're a narcissist. And once everyone knows, everything's going to go my way and I'm going to get more than I should get. Right, Laura? Right, right Laura? And right. they're like, yeah, no, dude, right. there's a law. And so, and many times judges take umbrage at the use of that term and will view the partner who uses the word narcissistic as the more antagonistic partner in court, which really doesn't serve them well when it comes to things like custody, et cetera. Can two narcissists be in a relationship together? Is there always a weaker and a stronger or a vulnerable? I mean, it seems to me that two narcissists might actually do well together for a certain period of time. Two narcissists get into relationships together all the time, especially in LA, because there's so many of both, you know, on both sides, whether it's two men, two women, man and woman, you name it, there's plenty of narcissists to pick from. It does happen. Those are incredibly volatile divorces. I'm sure you have overseen more than a handful where there were two very entitled, difficult, arrogant people really going to war. And it seemed more about ego than common sense after a while. And both of them were telling me that the other one was a narcissist, which I found interesting too. Exactly. (laughs) And they were right. Exactly. And they they were were right. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can a narcissist be a good parent, Dr. Amani? I mean... You know what? When it comes to a narcissist being a good parent, now we're getting into tricky territory. In the macro, my answer to that is probably not. Narcissists are great Disneyland dads and Disneyland moms. They can really pull out all the stops on the big day. They're the parent who's always right there at the front of the soccer game cheering on. 
But when that kid really needs a parent, they're struggling, they're having issues, emotional stuff they're struggling with, they just want someone to sit with them, a narcissistic parent isn't interested in that kind of heavy lifting. And let's face it, kids are demanding. At times they can even be inconvenient. They want what they want when they want it. That's parenting. It's about discipline and sacrifice. They're not interested in that part of it. So is that good parenting? Probably not. By and large, what a, the way a narcissistic parent parents is they often view the child as an accessory. Mm -hmm. They view the child as a great Instagram model. Mm -hmm. They view the child as a way to get their needs met and one more person to validate them. But really, you know, heaven help the poor child who doesn't perform the way that narcissistic parent wants them to perform. They're not thin enough. They're not smart enough. They don't play ball well enough. They don't praise the parent well enough. Then that child is probably looking at becoming a scapegoat and really always having that parent reject them. The child then learns their parent's love is conditional and that's no way to grow up. Is something like narcissistic personality disorder, is that nature or nurture or a little bit of both? Like I've heard bipolar disorder has to do with certain chemicals in your brain and all that. But, but is this a learned behavior or, or is it something that we actually are born with, if you know? The research on this is evolving, Laura, and where we're struggling is right now, the state of the science right now, is that this is almost completely nurture with a tiny bit of nature. And probably some of that nature has to do a little bit with your inborn temperament, mm -hmm. as well as it may be issues around empathy and that kind of thing. But by and large, this is something that gets made in most cases, not all, not all. But in many cases, there's issues around attachment early on. There may be distracted parents. There may be parents that are very conditional in their love. I love you when, I love you if. These are parents who also really want, again, the child to be performative. They want, as long as the kid's bringing the goods, they love the kid. When they're not, they don't. And so, you know, it's mostly made, but like I said, temperament does play a role, which is why you've got some kids who can grow up in really awful homes and not turn out narcissistic, and yet another sibling does. So you, we do see those differences within families. So your book, Should I Stay or Should I Go, which you gave me back in January mm -hmm. when we met, yeah. um, that's kind of making the decision to pull the plug, yes? Like how, like, I mean, at the outset, because then I want to get into what to be doing or expecting while you're actually going through the divorce process and thereafter with a narcissist. But let's talk about at the beginning, you're in this relationship and you're starting to realize that things are not going so well. What does your book talk about in that regard? So what my book really lays out is sort of the dynamics of these relationships. And if we only leave listeners with one takeaway, it would be these folks don't change. Ah. So I tell them, this is the climate, you know, like this is how it's going to be. It's always going to be like this. So you might have days that are a little bit better, but more often than not, the invalidation, the gaslighting, the, the discarding, the devaluing, this is the territory. So if you, if you're okay with this, great. If you're not, which most people would not be right. okay with, but if you're not okay with this, it's not going to change is number one. So then number two is really prepare people for what they're going into. Again, this is where you're definitely more of the expert, Laura, is when people sort of stroll into your office and just think 
they can make this magically happen and they don't realize they're coming in for the, the fight of a lifetime. I usually counsel most individuals who are going through a divorce with a narcissist, this is not something that can be managed through just mediation. They need an attorney they, and they need an attorney who gets it. There's many attorneys out there who don't and I've seen many clients end up with really bad deals as a result because they didn't see how toxic that this could get. So I really tell people, you're in for the psychological war of a lifetime. And I tell them to maintain realistic expectations. Be willing to educate the people around you, the lawyers, whomever you need to. Document everything. Expect that this is not going to go the way you think. The judge isn't going to see that this person's difficult. In fact, they're going to see someone very charming, charismatic, and well put together. And they're going to then say, well, what's the issue here? Both of you can have joint custody and you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to ruin my kids. It's for that reason alone, many people. And I would say in my practice, half of people stay in these relationships. It's only half that actually leave, but because it is the battle of a lifetime. And some people feel psychologically after years of emotional abuse from a narcissist, they're not up to the fight. And they don't know when they're getting into the relationship? So that's the great question. This is where it gets, you know, listen, if somebody said I had a dream for the world, it would be to, to actually teach young people about this so they don't get into these messes in the first place. But what ends up happening is a couple of things. Number one, narcissists are very charming, charismatic, and confident. That's what people are told to look for right. when they're dating. So I'm basically telling people, Throw away all conventional wisdom. <laughs> Go for an, an ugly yeah. nerd. Well, it's That's really right. interesting. I've been watching Mad Men, you know, during the pandemic, and my yes. my older son actually had got a positive test, so we had to isolate. So oh, we really so were binge watching. He was fine, asymptomatic, okay. thank God, and we're out of it. But one great line, I think it was from season three or four, is people tell you who they are, but we ignore it because we want them to be who we want them to be. And I would imagine you get into a relationship with a narcissist, you see the good things, and that stays with you. You don't actually want to admit to yourself, this is a dick. I mean, you know, and so that can be a real trap for people. And some of the things from the book, do you feel like you're talking and your partner never listens? Do you keep saying the same thing? Tell the listeners some of the things that when they're home listening to this podcast, they go, oh shit, I'm in one of these relationships. It's it, it, again, it's very much that idea that my favorite is that they'll talk about themselves and their stuff for like over an hour and then you start talking and then they start looking at their phone or out the window or at the TV and you'll say, hey, I'm speaking to you. They'll say, oh, I'm sorry, I have ADHD. And I'll say, oh, really? Because you didn't have ADHD when for the hour you were about hammering you. on about yourself. <laughs> I love what you do with Dawn in your book, you know, because you really illustrate that so well. And it's it's actually quite a great I don't know if it's it's fiction or I, I would imagine it might be based on on someone that you might have worked with but you really capture exactly what you just said yeah it's a actually Johnny it's a compilation of about a dozen different people because I didn't want to you know it was like a detail from this one a detail from that one because the the bottom line story was the same but it's it's not just inattentiveness it's also and this is a real tell when you're dealing with a narcissistic relationship which is they are very 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 sensitive so they can dish it out to you left and right they can criticize a server in a restaurant they can criticize a friend they can criticize a family they can criticize you but the first time they may even experience a little slight like you might say something as innocuous as like hey 
I like that shirt on you. In fact, I saw it last week and it looked great on you then. They will go off on you saying, <laughs> are you saying I only have, what are you saying? I don't have a wardrobe? And, they, and you'll be like, oh my gosh, I think I thought I gave them a compliment. And in short order, you're going to find yourself walking on eggshells. And it's that sensitivity because most people will then say, oh, that was my fault. I shouldn't have said that about the shirt or that was my fault. That was my fault. And it's a lot of self-blame. That self-blame starts the cycle into sometimes years, decades of that sort of maybe this is my fault, maybe this is my fault, to the point where you almost feel like you can't say anything. But that real sensitivity that everything feels like it's a threat, because honestly, a narcissist always does feel under threat because they're so fragile. So that they get so worked up that very quickly over something small, even from a stranger, that's a huge tell early in the relationship. Another tell is how do they talk about other people? Are they dismissive? Are they contemptuous? And I don't just mean like sort of good natured gossip. I mean like mean, because I can promise you that if they're talking about other people like this, they're going to talk about you like this. Especially this their exes. General, if you're in a oh, second yeah. round, anybody, I always mm-hmm. tell people if he's talking shit about his ex, you're, you're next. Yeah, you're next. You're next. And so I think that that contemptuousness that they have for other people, that's a big one. And here's like sort of an interesting one. It's like a little tidbit I share with everyone is watch how they drive. Aggressive Ah. driving is actually associated with narcissism. Think about it. You have no empathy for the other people on the road. You're entitled enough to sort of zoom past them. You are arrogant enough to think that the traffic rules don't matter. Johnny, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I can see it. I've known him for so long. Johnny's going, well, now we know Laura's a narcissist. We already knew that, Johnny. (laughs) I'm trying to be empathetic and think about how I can be better rather than having all of our listeners know that I actually am one of these horrible people. Should I go? the name of the book <laughs> surviving a relationship with a narcissist you should read it <laughs> you learn how to stay yeah. but the it driving, is, it is that's driving so is interesting because it really is like for you know listen i'm not talking about the person's like hey the road's empty i'm gonna take my sports car no 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 i'm talking people in city streets lane change lane change cut Uh-oh. off you know Uh-oh. obscene okay. gestures yeah. you know yelling Yes. We live in LA. We know. Yes, we know. And and I mean, it's funny. My kids absolutely hate driving with me. They're like, here we go. Three, two, one. I'm like, that's a narcissist. And like, oh my gosh, mom, please stop. I love it. She's on the road. Oh, we should get you a personalized license plate that says, you are a N-R-C-S-T. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> this is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. 
There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Laura Wasser, your host, and this is the It's Over Easy podcast, All's Fair, on iHeartRadio. Today, it's almost impossible to turn on the news or listen to a podcast without hearing someone labeled a narcissist. I know that's the case in my office. It's one thing to be able to switch your feed or change the channel, but what if you're married to someone with a narcissistic personality disorder and you've realized it's time to move on? For many, this is easier said than done, which is why we've called on the experts today. You just met psychologist Dr. Amani Devasala, a leading mental health expert who specializes in guiding divorces through the emotional side of dissolution of marriage. And now, I want you to meet our next guest, who is one of the most prominent voices on divorce and narcissistic personality disorder. She's also one of our inner circle on the It's Over Easy community online. She's an attorney recognized by the U.S. News & World Report, and she's the creator of the on-demand program, Slay Your Negotiation with a Narcissist. And her YouTube channel is a must-see for TV for anyone in a relationship with a suspected narcissist. She's the author of three best-selling books and the host of the podcast, Negotiate Your Best Life. Welcome to All's Fair, Rebecca Zung Esquire. Hi, Laura. It's so nice to see everybody. Yes. Hey nice. there, Thank Rebecca. you for coming. So um, we had been talking to Dr. Romani. She gave us some great kind of diagnostic, psychological stuff. For you, you've definitely written about and spoken about how this affects divorce, how it affects negotiations in a divorce. Um, what's hoovering? <laughs> what's hoovering? Hoovering is something I always thought you it was a drug you don't term. Fall prey to. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that too. <laughs> but it, I, I mean, it, it's basically when they're they're it, it's in that discard phase when they come back and start um, trying to love bomb again and use that same technique that they use to gain control over you. You see it a lot in divorce, uh, especially when the divorce lawyer is involved and the divorce lawyer is now starting to have control over this person that the narcissist once had control over. And they start going, oh, come on, we can work it out. And remember how good we were together. And, um, you know, uh, it, it, they might even try to get them back, um, you know, because maybe they don't want 
want to lose the window dressing of the great family that they had, um, you know, that sort of thing. So you see it when they think that they're losing control right. over the process. Um, they start using what they had in the past to get that person to be back into their web of control. Is it safe to say that narcissists actually enjoy the fight and the chaos? Like if things are starting to get resolved, I've seen in many cases that same kind of personality that's like, oh, come on or whatever. Like you're almost there. And then all of a sudden something happens. And I think to myself, this per I hadn't thought about it in terms of narcissism, but what you guys are saying makes sense. This person loves the chaos. They don't want to end the conflict. Yeah, well, so, I mean, as Dr. Romani uh, speaks much more eloquently about than I do, narcissists are driven by supply. And, and, and so they get supply in all different forms. Um, it supplies anything that feeds their ego, and they can get supply from, you know, the normal trappings that feed people's egos, like big houses and prestigious jobs and things like that. But they also get supply from jerking people around. And so you're not on the same playing field when you're a reasonable person, because reasonable person thinks, okay, I don't want to spend a lot of money on lawyers. I just want to get this thing done. Uh, what does the law say? Uh, let's just figure that out and apply it and be done with this thing. That's normal, reasonable person. Um, the, uh, the narcissist is like thinking, well, I get supply from jerking you around. So they're not trying to settle the case the same way that a, a reasonable person is. So from your Instagram feed, I think it was in the last week or so, catching a narcissist in a lie. That always sounds like it could be fun. <laughs> what happens when a narcissist gets caught in a lie? And how do you approach it? Or how should uh, one approach it? Well, as a divorce lawyer, um, you use it against them in, in court if you can, or you use it as, as potential leverage that you're going to expose them in court because... You know, the key with a narcissist is interrupting it or threatening to interrupt their form of supply. So the key when you're negotiating with them is figuring out what supply source is going to mean more to them to keep than the supply that they get from jerking you around. So, and, and it's usually in the form of looking good to the judges or looking good to the community or not losing, you know, custody of their children because people can see that, you know, that sort of thing. So lying, obviously, you're going to use in whatever way you can in court, but how do they respond to lying? You know, if you catch them in a lie, deny that they lied, uh, deflect, you know, it was your fault, you know, it, whatever they need to do to shirk it off of them, that's what they do. I think you would agree with me about this, Rebecca. How about when the lawyer is a narcissist? Then what happens? Because yeah. we know a few. Oh, <laughs> we, several. We, during the last segment, we determined I'm one. So there you go. There's one. Oh, <laughs> At least no, in the no. car, when she's behind the wheel. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I practiced in Naples, Florida, though, which is also a very affluent um, community with many a narcissist, no shortage there either. So, uh, and certainly not with the opposing counsel. You know, you just have to 
deal with them kind of in the same way, figuring out what you need to do to stroke enough of their ego. You know, I always say ethically manipulate the manipulator so that you stroke enough of their ego so that you can get done what you want to get done and actually get somewhere. I mean, you're not going to get anywhere with a narcissist by calling them a narcissist or just, you know, saying the things to them that you feel like saying. Right. Unfortunately, you have to do this little dance, which a lot of people don't want to do. But I mean, I've had narcissistic clients flat out say to me, I'd rather pay you than her. Of course. Oh, I've heard that a ton. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so you have to then kind of manipulate your own client for his or her own good because we are ethical and we don't want to just take somebody's money. And so we got to figure out a way. I mean, that is one thing I would say about family law attorneys. The good ones are really good problem solvers. And we will do whatever needs to be done to kind of do that dance, as you said, to work around it and get our clients to understand, you know what, you might have to eat this one. Or you know what, you might have to pick your battles. Or you know what, we might have to throw some money at this problem, but it is better for you to pay her than pay me. Because I'm going away. You're never going to see me again. You're going to be raising kids with her even if you're not under the same roof. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Plus the fact that those are the claims that end up turning on you. And at the end, you know, how come you didn't get this thing done? How come you didn't tell me that, you know, I was going to have to spend a hundred grand on this? Or how come I spent a hundred grand on you and we're back where we started at the beginning? You know, things like that. And so I'm the one that has to go. Uh, I don't want to have this conversation six months from now, so I'd rather... I have plenty to do, plenty of clients. If I'm not working on your case, I got other stuff to do. It works out better for you if we get this thing done. Right. And ultimately, they do, I think, thank us for that. So Johnny put in my notes, discuss the meaning of the question and answer below. Why did the narcissist cross the road? And the answer is because they thought it was a boundary. Tell us about that, Rebecca, because that's in your talking points. And I love it. Yeah, thank you. I just I have to do a little shout out to Kennedy who <laughs> runs my Instagram because <laughs> she comes up with these great things. Um, but uh, because it was a boundary, because you know it goes back to entitlement, which is one of the things that narcissists think that they are. So they don't think they have any boundaries, which in a divorce makes it you know even doubly hard because when you're trying to put up boundaries they want to immediately cross them. So that's when you find them, you know, coming into your house, even if you, you know, have an order of exclusive occupancy, you know, there they are standing in your kitchen eating your food when you come home. (laughs) That that happens to me a lot, actually. People I don't even know are in there. (laughs) And how, I mean, tell us, how can you get somebody with these tendencies to actually negotiate successfully? Again, there's the manipulation they're setting it out. I mean, give us some of your tricks of the trade if you can. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I built the whole slate program around, which is developing a strategy, an overall strategy, first of all, figuring out what kind of narcissist you're dealing with, uh, and then um, and then creating leverage around them. And, and you know, leverage... You know, I got the question. I actually just did a, a video on this on my YouTube because I get the question a lot, like, what is leverage? And and you know as well as I do, Laura, that leverage is not one thing. Sometimes you do have like this great smoking gun, but most of the time the leverage that you create comes out of, you know, your documentation. And really nobody is better suited to help 
the divorce lawyer come up with leverage than you yourself, the person who's dealing with it, because we don't have control of the information where the leverage is going to be, you know, come from, which is inside your text messages, inside your photos, inside the people around you, the pictures that you've taken or the things that you've seen on social media or whatever, all those things together, you build a huge invisible fence around them, which you kind of like spring on them, hopefully in mediation or something like that, in a place where they kind of feel cornered, where they feel like, okay, if I don't settle this, I'm going to be exposed in some way. It goes back to that that whole supply conversation, mm -hmm. which is, you know, what supply is going to be more important for them to protect and keep and that is how most of the time it's going to be how they look right. to the community or to the judge. And so, you know, building that leverage is going to be really a key, key thing. Is there a correlation between domestic violence and narcissism? I would imagine that many narcissists stop short of that because, again, like you said, the perception and how they want to be viewed and how they want to look. But Dr. Romani shaking her head. Is it so hard to control those emotions that the next reasonable step after flip, flipping someone off in the car or screaming at them is actually to push or threaten or slam a door? Yeah, I mean, I would say probably Dr. Romani is in a better position to answer that question. But, you know, just from what I've seen and what I've viewed and what I've experienced, which is what I speak about in my videos, I have seen that and I've seen the people who have a higher propensity to commit domestic violence exhibit the narcissistic traits and the narcissistic tendencies. Um, those are the ones, you know, the more malignant form of narcissist is going to be the one who tends to, you know, if you put up those boundaries, now they're going to, you know, stalk you mm -hmm. or, or have violence or threats of violence or, you know, things where you're actually in fear for your life. I mean, and that it can happen even during the relationship, not necessarily in the divorce, obviously. Do you have a gift for our listeners, Rebecca? I do. So if you go to winmynegotiation.com, uh, you can get my free Crush My Negotiation worksheet. It's basically an ebook. It's like 15 pages, and thousands of people have downloaded it now at this point. So if you're getting ready to negotiate with any kind of a high-conflict personality, I highly recommend that you grab it. Thank you for that. That's awesome. Guys, we'll, at the end of the show, we'll tell you again where to find it, but it's totally helpful. And again, if you're doing some kind of mediation or even an online platform like It's Over Easy, add this to it and you will slay your negotiation. Dr. Amani is joining Rebecca Zung and I now. Come on back. And now that we're all together, I want to talk about next chapters, life after you've slayed your negotiation because you said, Rebecca, that, you know, they like to keep that supply going. And Dr. Romani has told us about how they really do like the continued conflict. So now we're still co-parenting or we may still have some business interests. How do, huh, I like how I'm saying we, when we've already identified me as the narcissist, but how do, how does the common <laughs> folk kind of move on with our lives, both taking the best self-care as we can for ourselves, and now that we're not married to, we've, we've resolved our legal differences, our custody issues, everything else with this person, what is the best way that we can move on to our next chapter, knowing that, that, that we've, we've been in this relationship and we may have to continue dealing with it on some level? 
We're back to the realistic expectations and the radical acceptance again. This nightmare is not over just because you're divorced when you're co-parenting. In fact, things may get even more difficult. You don't know what kinds of things may be shared with your child. You don't know what sorts of things happen in your ex's home now. You, the bedtimes may be different. You're constantly playing against chaos. In fact, many people will say when they're trying to co-parent with a narcissist, it takes them 24 to 48 hours to get their kids back on track again. And then a few days later, they're sometimes sending them back. So it is it can be really, really difficult. You might find that they make it difficult for you to date again. There may be a lot of snarky comments. I mean, it never ends. It never ends. And then you might think, well, when all the kids are over 18, it's going to be great. No. Weddings. Weddings and birth. (laughs) You name it. But also beyond that, even when the kids get over 18, that narcissistic parent still has the obsession, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. The kids are going to like me better. Everything's going to be better. They'll even go ahead, move forward with their lives quite handily. Obviously, they'll find a replacement partner in many cases quite quickly, but still seemingly trying to sabotage the mess you're in. And I think there's this fantasy depiction. I want to be great friends with my exes, and that looks good to the public. It's not going to happen. Let go of the fantasy. That is not happening. Have that radical acceptance. They're not going to change. No, the next person's not going to have it better. You need to focus singularly on your kids. You be that, that the compassion, the empathy, the consistency, the predictability. Maybe, maybe the discipline need. too. Since oh, the Disneyland dad the or mom on the yeah. other end is going to be yeah. thwarting mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So you've got to be that person and you don't get to be surprised. You've seen what a challenge this whole court process was. And if you're lucky, you land where you want to. Most people are usually disappointed with how custody comes down the pike to them. And so you're constantly doing damage control. And that is the damage control you will do. Obviously, when they're over 18, it's a different series of conversations. But it really can. I mean, listen, some people get lucky. The narcissist gets disinterested. They move on. And if you're really lucky, they actually start getting disinterested in the kids and you get more time with your kids. That's And people say, well, that's so sad for my kids. I'm like, your, your kids are going to have to struggle with having a narcissistic parent. Either way, the more time with the healthier parent, the better off they are. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Rebecca, do people go back to the narcissism well? Like if somebody if somebody gets rid of a narcissist, do you see them then starting to date a narcissist again? We're talking about next chapters, but I feel like I see a lot of people who keep going back to the same kind of a person, even after they've been through this kind of terrible war that Dr. Romani has, has painted for us. And then the next dating is kind of like, well, look at who you look at who you're with again. Oh, yeah. I've seen it in, in my own practice over and over again. But, you know, the, the statistics are bear it out as well. I mean, first marriages, 50% uh, end in divorce. But as you get into more marriages, I think it's second marriages, it's like 67%. And third marriages is like 70 something percent. So, I mean, I think that that tells you right there that people don't get better. They don't make better choices as they as they go on. So unfortunately, you know, I think it it, it has something to do with um, you know their own wounds sometimes, and and the and the types of things that they find themselves being attracted to. Why do you think at this moment in our culture, particularly, I would say in the United States and even in Europe, you find this. Why are there so many people exhibiting this type of behavior right now, do you think? Well, Johnny, I'm going to push back on that. I'm going to say it's the whole world. I don't Uh think it's Western Europe and the United States by any stretch of the imagination. I, you know, we're, we're now fielding hundreds and hundreds of emails sometimes a day, and they're coming from all over the world. There's yeah. we put wow. pins in a map. There's no part of the world where this isn't an issue. And I think it's a couple of things. I think that now people have a framework, so we're using it. I think this pattern's always been there, to be honest with you. But I actually do think that social media has been a major accelerant for this, this idea that you can just get validation for the com- from the comfort of your own home. I do think that the, you know, sort of the loss of community is something that matters. And whether that's the community you reside in, a religious community, spiritual community, a lot of those things are going away. And those things were once places of accountability. You couldn't act a fool all the time. People would say, come on, you need to clean up your act. So that kind of accountability is also gone. And I hate to say it, the way we measure success, how you look, how slender you are, how um, how much money you have, how fancy your house is, the car you drive, those things have, where you go to school, those things have become almost a measure of the person rather than kindness, respect, compassion, mm. authenticity. I think a combination of all that, like the more you spend, the better the person you are, has all culminated in this moment where basically we've become a world of either narcissists or enablers. I'm trying to create that third tribe of folks that are neither narcissists or enablers, but the people who see this and see this clearly so they are able to not fall for it and also call it out. Yeah, I, I would. I would just wanted to echo that it's definitely all over the world. I'm seeing it as well from my community. I mean, 
I'm like getting inquiries from people from countries I've never even heard of where I'm actually going on the map going, where is this place? You know, I mean, so I would just agree with her on that. And what, I mean, for this third tribe, what are some of the things that you would tell people to tell themselves or to check in with? Again, I don't, I know what I don't want to be. I don't want to be narcissistic. I don't want to be an enabler. Authenticity, kindness, empathy, and compassion. Are those kind of the checkpoints, doctor? Absolutely. All those things, respect. I mean, and this is hard for men who are often told that showing emotion, showing empathy means you're weak that you're not good at business, that you, you're not like a fighter. And we've so devalued these qualities. And so many people, like I said, I think men really got the short end of the stick on this one because they may even feel like, oh, I don't want people to think I'm you know, a softie. You're not a softie. I mean, I think that this is the stuff that builds societies, builds communities. I mean, the, the world is kind of falling apart around our ears right now. And a lot of that, I personally think, is because we're lacking those qualities in leaders and in structures and in <laughs> governments. Yeah. So you see, I think that once we could value those things, which I think there have been moments in in world history we have, this just ain't one of them, that we can get there. But as long as we keep giving the bullies the mic, we've got a problem. Wow. Okay. I mean, this has been an amazing and eye-opening conversation. Uh, We do something now called the interrogatories. So Rebecca, as a fellow attorney, I know you're all too familiar with discovery. And Dr. Romani, through the term interrogatory, may be as familiar to you as it is to Rebecca and I. These are questions that we ask to find out important information, very important information. So do you both swear to tell the truth and nothing but the truth? So help me God. Absolutely. Okay. So Rebecca, which relationship in your life has had the most profound impact? Oh, my father, for sure. Absolutely, 100%. And today is actually the 12th anniversary of his death. So he's with me today as my guardian angel. I love that. Salute to him. Thank you. Doctor, most profound? My mother. Your mother. I mean, she is a woman who came from a world where opportunities were held back from all women. She, you know, had no choice in who she married. She had no choice in so much in her life. And yet with absolute grace, sacrificed it all, stayed in a country that was unfamiliar to her because she knew her daughters would have more opportunity in the United States and really was, I mean, she is absolute strength. And as I watch her go through this medical crisis, it's, it's it's a playbook on grace. So I really, I think every fight I have is not just for her, but the hundreds of generations of women in my family who never got a voice. So I talk louder than everybody else now. So I, I like that's it. what I it like is. It. I'm yeah. sure she's so, so proud of you. And Rebecca, I know dad is smiling down. Um, doctor, what is your favorite love song? Oh my goodness. Wow. I mean, I guess, should I stay or should I go? If I really want to <laughs> <The stay>. clash, <laughs> yes. And the book. And, and my, yes, right. So I, um... Oh, God, I'm so bad at this. You know what? I, I'll tell you what it is. It's a Rolling Stones. You can't always get what you want. Ah, <laughs> very, very love profound. Song. I, I think yeah. that's good. We, I don't think we've heard that one before in the love song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's smart. How about you, Rebecca? Wow, that's so funny. I'm, I'm still laughing at <laughs> Romney's choices for love songs. <laughs> Uh, I would have to say, I mean, I think Perfect by um, Ed Sheeran is a beautiful song. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Um, 
I'd have to think about that. I, I want to say love song by The Cure, but it's not actually really a love song, I don't think. Well, it's, <laughs> as, as, as much as can't always get what you want. Right. Okay. Yeah. Dr. Romani, what is the one piece of advice that you'd share with your 20-something-year-old self? You've given us a window into it a little bit, but give, give us some more on that. Drop the toxic people immediately. Like when, when you are with somebody who invalidates you, walk away and walk away fast. Don't wait. They're not changing. Not going to happen. Move on. Yeah. Rebecca, how about you? Mm. Advice you'd give your 20-year-old uh, self, 20-something-year-old. Yeah. Oh, and I, I still tell myself this on a daily basis, which is stop trying to make not your people your people. You know, if they're not your people, it's okay. Just keep on going. There are other people. Because there's, there's lots of people that are my people. I want to find that third tribe. I want to have those be my people. Yeah. Okay. I went in there too. <laughs> Ram, you can't. You have to be with the enablers. I'm sorry. That's your job. <laughs> You're staying there. <laughs> I'm catered for respect, kindness, empathy, and compassion. Yes. <laughs> Ramani, which romantic comedy could you watch on repeat? I told you these were important questions. Come on. Let's get to there. Moonstruck. Oh, snap out of it. I love it. Smack. <laughs> Rebecca? <laughs> Four Weddings and a Funeral. I still love that movie. It is love. a good one. Excellent. Oh, and the scene at the where after um, I can't remember his name with the beard, he dies, and then at his funeral, uh, the funeral and the poem that, that he says, that, that, "Stop that, the that drum." Poem? Yes. Oh, I love it. I've still, I just, I just got the chills. I know. When you well, that. speaking of your dad, we're about to celebrate the one year anniversary of my mother's death. It was this week last year, and. Uh, I always think of that song. I mean, it is the fact that life kind of goes on while you're in this suspended animation, everything is changed is definitely, but anyway, that's kind of a buzzkill. Let's, let's get back to the, to the. But it's so true. I remember thinking like after the day after he died, like I, I don't recognize a planet without him. Yeah. Or like, how is that possible? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you both very much for discussing narcissism and sharing your perspective today with us on All's Fair. Tell us how people can find you, your books, your programs, and also, Rebecca, when it's your turn, we're going to let the doctor go first, but when it's your turn, tell us again how we can um, download the- um, Free gift. Yes, the free gift. Okay, so doctor, IG, YouTube, everything, tell us. Go to my website, that's pretty much a clearinghouse, at drromany.com, which is D-O-C-T-O-R-R-A-M-A-N-I.com. Please go to my YouTube channel and join us and subscribe. We're growing so fast. And that's at Dr. Romani, D-O-C-T-O-R-R-A-M-A-N-I. And that same handle for Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those places you could find us. And we post daily, post videos daily. So there is no shortage of content. I have two books, Don't You Know Who I Am? How to Stay Sane in an Era of Narcissism, Entitlement, and Incivility, as well as the book you mentioned, Should I Stay or Should I Go? How to Survive a Relationship with a Narcissist. You can get those books. Actually, we just sold out one of them on Amazon, but they just restocked today. So you can get them at your local bookseller. You can get them Barnes & Noble, Amazon, anywhere they sell books. And they are amazing. They will give you peace of mind. You will learn about things that you'll scratch your head and go, I didn't realize that's exactly what this was. This is so on point. Um, definitely check them out. Amazing resources. Rebecca, how about you? So the website is RebeccaZung.com, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-Z-U-N-G. Um, my YouTube is YouTube.com forward slash Rebecca Zung. And I did want to make a little plug because um, Dr. Romani and I did a whole series together on negotiating with a narcissist, which has been extremely popular, which um, anyone can watch on either one of our channels. So I highly recommend um, everyone subscribe to both of our channels on 
that. And um, let's see, Instagram is Rebecca Zung, books, um, Negotiate Like You Matter, and Breaking Free Step-by-Step Divorce Guide. And uh, Laura Wasser, uh, you actually gave me a testimonial for Negotiate Like You Matter, and Robert Shapiro wrote the foreword, so you can get that anywhere where books are sold. But you can just check it all out at my website as well. So thanks so much for having me. Oh, free gift is uh, winmynegotiation.com. That's the uh, free Crush My Negotiation worksheet. It's, again, amazing resources Ladies, thank you so much for being with us, especially now more than ever. We need to know that there are people in our community to whom we can turn, who have been through this, who can have talked other people through it. Uh, I do believe that education is enlightenment and empowerment. And so thank you for helping us with that today. We will um, absolutely be seeing you again or hearing you again on the All's Fair podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, ladies. Whoa. So I did not expect to learn so much about the difference between narcissism and narcissistic personality disorder and to determine that, that there is actually a difference between the two. That's what was interesting to me. Yes. I, I knew everything. It was inherent in me, the narcissist. <laughs> hmm. What else I don't did we know. Know I think they're giving narcissists a bit of a bad rap, but that's okay. It's good to survive <laughs> narcissists and thrive, as you called the episode. You guys, thanks for listening today. Tell us what you think about today's show and what you want to hear next at It's Over Easy on social. You can share this episode with your friends who need it or who might be narcissists and leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. I thought it said leave the USA. Just leave the USA. (laughs) Get out. We will see you next week. Stay healthy. Stay happy. Ciao. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.